Hello, hello, Arkhamites, and welcome back to Arkham Archives, the podcast where we get to geek out over Batwoman every single week. And what an exciting episode this was. I feel like some of our dreams came true this week, and I can't <laughs> wait to dig into it. My name is Anna, and as always, I'm joined by dear prisoners Ines and Fran. How are you doing, ladies? Hi, doing Hi. good. <laughs> yeah, it's all right. Okay, before we wrap ourselves in this week's episode, we want to give a quick plug to our socials. We are at Arkham underscore archives, both on Twitter and Instagram. Please join us there. We would love to know your thoughts. Also, if you are enjoying our podcast, please leave a review on iTunes. That really helps us out. Thank you. <laughs> But let's get into it. So this week, I don't even know where to begin because so much happened. <laughs> On this one, uh, Renee and the Bat team are trying to figure out who was responsible for attacking a guy named Chris, who was found covered in plants and honey. Alice is the one who is able to connect the dots and she warns Montoya that poison ivy infected someone else and she might just know who that person is. Meanwhile, uh, Mary truly enters her villain era, <laughs> while Sophie seeks yeah. vengeance for her sister, Jordan. Uh, so this week's episode starts by showing us the guy, Chris, looking like a human beehive and looking very much dead, but they surprise us with a jump scare. <laughs> so I want to know, <laughs> Fre, do you feel personally victimized by Batwoman and their love for horror lately? <laughs> <laughs> Um, I think Batwoman is taking it upon themselves to slowly build up my horror kind of endurance because <laughs> I don't have a Your lot. Your tolerance? Yeah, my tolerance. So their they, their job is to slowly toughen me up one jump scare at, at a time. Uh, I think by uh, season four, we might have like two jump scares an episode. <laughs> uh, season five, we'll have three. And by season six, I'll be... Already for a fully horror episode. It's a horror show. <laughs> no, by but... season five. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> by season five is proper horror. You know, uh, I'm very much down for you uh, becoming tolerant of horror. Yeah. Because, you know, I have a lot of stuff on my bucket list for you to watch. So I'm, Actually, I'm happy with I it. Actually, I wouldn't mind that because there's so many good things being done in that genre that I can't watch because of... Um, how affected I get. So if Batwoman yeah. uh, somehow <laughs> did the miracle of making me a little more tolerant, that would be really nice because there's a lot of shit that I want to watch that I simply can't <laughs> because otherwise I won't sleep at night and that's annoying because I'm missing out on a lot of good quality <laughs> stuff. So I'm down with Batwoman slowly Absolutely building agree. up for those kinds of things just as long as they keep it, you know, <laughs> one jump scare at a time. I think that's fair. <laughs> okay, uh, this week also came with trouble in paradise for our dear wild moor. <laughs> Ryan keeps siding with her mum and trusting her way too quickly, while also keeping secrets from Sophie. And I have to say, I kind of understand where she's coming from, but Ryan is really disappointing me because she should know better than to keep hiding things from Sophie and the team. And while Sophie, of course, shouldn't have gone alone to get vengeance, I have to say I'm team Sophie this week. Um, how did you all feel about it? Uh, you know, I think there's two sides to everything and Ryan and Sophie end up being both right in their own way. Uh, but yeah, I think it's safe to say that Wildmore is uh, in the weeds right now. <laughs> um <laughs> You know, I I think that Sophie is very hurt because throughout this season she's been going the extra mile to help uh, Ryan and to become someone that Ryan can rely on. So this betrayal, that's, I mean, that's what she's feeling, uh, 
probably mm -hmm. stinks extra deep for her, especially considering the fact that, as we all agree, uh, Sophie is down bad for Ryan at this point. Not mm -hmm. only has she been uh, helping someone who isn't reciprocating her feelings and helping her as well, um, the person she's falling for isn't taking her side of the story in this. And that has got to be very difficult for her but on the other hand though i sympathize with ryan because i think it's very hard for us to put ourselves in her position because we've never been there um mm -hmm. but i think it's very understandable for ryan to want to believe the best in uh in her mother the mother she has left and even if we disagree and find Jada to be shady, which will most likely be true and come back to, to haunt Ryan, if we stop to think about it, uh, you know, it makes a lot of sense that she's being the way she is. Even if it's frustrating for us, because as viewers, we have like this overall perspective that Ryan doesn't have. I think it's curious that our theory from the beginning of the season about how the bad team would be falling apart is coming true. Uh, and <laughs> yes. and Ryan is, uh, you know, time. being left with pretty much no one but herself. Uh, Mary's gone, Sophie's gone, Luke will probably be gone pretty soon once he, um, once he's also in on the fact that Ryan is hiding stuff from him. So she really has no one. And the worst thing is she has no one to blame but herself. So, uh, I think... I'm personally looking forward to this storyline, even though it's gonna hurt like a bitch, but uh, back mm -hmm. to Wildmore specifically, I think it's also a cool dynamic change between the two of them, because as I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. because as I said, we I started agree. out this season with Sophie being the one to keep Ryan uh, grounded and level-headed when it came to her family, her mother, etc. So now we're flipping the script and Sophie is the one that's, you know, getting reckless and putting herself in danger. So I think there's great stuff ahead for us as viewers. Yeah, I have to agree. Uh, I found that it was a very stereotypical, tropey kind of storyline of lover versus family. And Batwoman doesn't always go for the typical drama storylines, mm -hmm. but they're cliches for a reason. It's because they always work and they always bring tension that is attractive to the viewers. So yeah, like, obviously, it's a, it's a bit, it's seen, it's been done. Uh, it's not original maybe i would have liked them to go a different way because we're used to them subverting our expectations in the sense that oh it's a, a drama tv show of course they're going to do this and that and then they go the completely opposite way mm -hmm. uh, in this storyline they went the predictable route and it's fine uh it still works really well for angst and for tension and for uh conflict uh it's just up for whether they uh work it well whether they cave too much to cliches and um, ruin Wildmore beyond kind of reparation. But I don't think that's going to happen. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's a good storyline. I think, uh, obviously, Sophie deserves a lot more trust than Jada does. I think it's clear that Sophie deserves a lot more trust than Jada, but it's also completely understandable that the presence of a mother is clouding Ryan's judgment. Um, and it makes it makes the situation very understandable from her point of view, from Sophie's point of view. Uh, I'm not really taking sides at the moment, mm -hmm. uh, so I'm just looking forward to seeing uh, what they what they do with it. Really, yeah, same. Yeah, I think um, what I didn't like is that she's hiding uh, a secret from someone that yes, it's her mother, but she knows her for like a few weeks. Uh, from Sophie, who she knows for a long time and is her lover or someone she really cares about. Uh, and that's not fair. But I, I totally understand Ryan's side as well. But like Ines said, I liked Sophie this week because I think this change in dynamic is really good for her. Mm -hmm. uh, we see her uh, taking her stand and going for what she wants uh, and also telling Ryan that that's not okay, that she deserves more trust than what she's getting. Yeah. Uh, so I thought it was a really cool development for Sophie, mm -hmm. while for Ryan it's a bit disappointing. Yeah. I mean, yeah. and I think it makes a lot of sense for Sophie's storyline to be progressing this way, because, like, we saw her be 
all puppy eyes to Ryan the whole season. So it's about time that something changes there. Otherwise, the story would be very stagnant. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's just typical drama and it works. So Exactly. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. it, Not mad about it. I think the, re the reactions that yeah. we're getting are fair and we're supposed to be like oh come on ryan but that's yeah. what tv shows are about <laughs> you have to have those kinds of moments yeah. and this could lead to a really cool uh reunion for them or kind of put things in a place uh where they can't come back from for a while it really depends honestly they, their trust mm -hmm. could be broken completely or hopefully the right mm -hmm. the writers stop ryan Uh, at a point where uh, she hasn't laid it all to waste and there's still um, a relationship to there be with Sophie. Yeah, to be saved. Mm -hmm. Batwoman does a really good job at making complex characters who fail yeah. and uh, make mistakes and then make up for them. And we're going to be talking a lot about mistakes in this episode, I believe, because yes. of the whole Mary storyline. <laughs> mm -hmm. I think they did a really great job at that, but we'll talk about that a, a little bit later. Yeah. On that note, I have to say that, you know, I think it's a very commonplace theme for superhero movies and shows to, like, have this big thing about how our heroes aren't perfect. And mm -hmm. I think so far we... I mean, in season two... We all had our disagreements with how Ryan handled Alice in particular, but that was like her only flaw in season two. We never like questioned her character or anything like that. So I think this season will also be a wake up call about how she's not perfect. And mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, none of them are. And that's, that's okay because it's what. It's their humanity that makes them great heroes. And I think that was something that some other DC shows didn't approach very well. But I think Batwoman is like making it very human. They're keeping the, you know, their struggles down to very basic but very um, workable things. Like this miscommunication between them and, you know, because... As a person, sometimes we neglect our friends and we don't even notice that. So it's it's normal that Ryan, you know, got so caught up in her own life that she didn't notice her yeah, friends were course. going through stuff. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I think they're, they're her using... Her mom coming back is huge. Exactly. It's not a tiny thing. Yeah. yeah. So. so I think they're using like very humane uh, issues and situations to prove that our characters, you know, are human after all. And I really enjoy that about the show. Exactly, like yeah, you have you have arguments with your friends as well from time to time, it's normal. Yeah, There's I mean, room. look at us. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the drama. And we're not dealing with uh, getting infected by poison ivy, uh, PTSD from getting shot in the chest, Yeah. your biological mother coming uh, from nowhere, and also your sister almost getting frozen to death. So, so maybe more yeah. dramatic than Ryan is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I think we can move on and talk about Mary, which is the main topic. Or <laughs> Queen Mary, as Alice says. <laughs> Because, wow, yes. I am so happy we are getting this crazy storyline for her. And Nicole is killing it so much. I'm, it's really what she deserves and I'm so happy. And first of all, I love that she was the one who told the team she was infected because mm -hmm. I think one, it shows she's the only one not keeping deliberate secrets from the team. And right. two, I think everyone else was too busy ignoring her to notice. So it makes sense that she has to be the one telling them. <laughs> um, did you like the delivery of this or were you expecting something different? Um, uh, just like I was talking about before with uh, Batwoman often subverting our expectations, I truly did not think that Mary would just come forward and say, hey, I've been infected. Yeah, same. But I loved it. I loved it. I think it uh, makes the rest of the season so much more uh, unexpected. And I don't know um, what kind of conflict may arise from this. And I just loved the way that Luke and Ryan just instantly owned up to their mistakes mm -hmm. instead of like yeah. accusing Poison Ivy of warping Mary's feelings and thoughts because that would have been the easiest way out and that would create a lot more drama. 
but no, it was a, it was a lot more grounded than that. Mary coming forward was a lot more grounded than being like, yeah, there's truth to what she's saying is really cool. And it made the whole thing much more interesting and layered um, and much more anchored in the characters than the plot because sometimes characters and their development will suffer because of plot reasons. And I think in this instance, the plot is being submitted to the characters and it's taking a backseat and not the other way around. Mm-hmm. So it's character-driven, even mm-hmm. though it's like a huge plot point. Oh, she's poison, poison ivy. But it's all anchored and connected to character problems and stuff that's been building up from ep one. So I loved it. I'm obsessed. <laughs> really, really like it. I really agree with you. Uh, I'm very fucking excited for this. And um, I'm going to bring up Tasha from Mary to the Real again in here. But <laughs> Mary can't catch a break. <laughs> like, she really is going through it all uh, in this show. But you know what? If this is what we get out of it, then Mary uh, shouldn't catch a break, in my opinion, then. Um <laughs> She Mm. has time to rest later on, okay? Like, we'll give her a nice month-long vacation sometime to make up for it. But for now, it's great content. And Nicole is acting the fuck out of it. And... Yes. I'm I'm just speechless, you know? (laughs) Because it's a well-known fact for the two of you that Poison Ivy is quite probably my favorite DC character of all time and definitely the one I've read the most of with maybe the exception for Harley. Uh, But, you know, Harley, I read a lot by association because Ivy is very present in her comics. Um, So I've always been like a little bit nervous about live action portrayals of Ivy as a character because I just love her to death and... I want her to be done justice. So I was very giddy about having Nicole play this character that I love so dearly. Um, I mentioned this the past episode, but I didn't know I needed this until now. And I think it was just mm-hmm. Same. such a gift that Batwoman gave to us. Uh, like, I, I just don't know. I don't know what else to say. I'm just so damn giddy about this. I, <laughs> I could go yeah. on and on and on for hours. Also, I just love villains in general so seeing Nicole playing someone who is a villain instead of you know sweet Mary that is really (laughs) nice but seeing the contrast really shows she's an amazing actress I was like I already knew that but I was wow (laughs) that's incredible honestly I've always been enthralled by Mary Um, I don't know if it's because Nicole is just so damn gorgeous, but I just can't look away if she's on screen. Big mood. Um, Obviously, (laughs) I think Mary's maybe my absolute favorite character from the show. She's always had so much potential, and I'm just so excited that she's uh, having a proper main character storyline. Yes. And that Nicole is showing all of her skills and... Obviously, just from a superficial gay point of view, <laughs> it's just so damn hot. She looks so hot. She She's Big always looked same. hot, but she looks even hotter. Big and same. Uh, I'm just enjoying myself. I also think it works really well with the fact that we've been saying that Poison Ivy would be the only rogue that would be the actual OG. Mm-hmm. And everything else up until now has been um, people recreating the OG uh, rogues and villains. And... It works well because we're going to get the OG, but we also have this uh, continuation with Mary. And touching back to a discussion that we had that some fans were criticizing the fact that it would be boring to just bring back Batman's villains. Mm-hmm. This way we get proper Batwoman villains, mm-hmm. yeah, but that's true. always playing with the DC lore and the characters that fans are so used to and love so much, but giving them a new life. And it works really well. I love it. Mm-hmm. I agree. I also just wanted to talk about the way that they've been building up to this climax. I thought it worked really well. I thought Nicole did a really great job at building the transformation so well throughout the episodes, kind of in the shadows, short scenes, not very in-your-face obvious scenes, and I love that. It was very nuanced and subtle, and it built up so well, and now it's just climaxing in this really powerful way and she's doing amazing and because it wasn't sudden it was so well built i'm just so uh in love with the storyline everything (laughs) about it is working so so well yeah yeah i agree 
Okay, I know Ines is definitely going to talk about this, but I love the hairstyle reference in Mary to Poison Ivy in Batman and Robin, because uh, I vaguely yeah. remember watching this film like a lot of years ago, but it brought me right back, like I remembered instantly where I knew that from. Um, what did you think about that? And were there any more Easter eggs that I missed? <laughs> it was the Uma Thurman Poison Ivy, right? Exactly, yep. yeah. From oh, Batman and that's Robin. So cool. <laughs> yeah. That's so cool. I've never watched that movie, but I know Uma in that costume is iconic. Iconic, yeah. <laughs> I actually haven't watched it either, but uh, you know, it's such a such an iconic look that you can't miss it. <laughs> One of those uh, films that are always on TV, so I vaguely remember watching yeah. it one day. But yeah, I actually didn't catch that many DC-related references in this episode. Other than that, um, I also noted Alice's mention of Harley Quinn, who's someone I didn't think mm -hmm. would appear in the series up until like recently. Uh, because I remember Javicia posted a small clip of Victoria holding a black and red baseball bat that I think I sent you yeah, guys. Yeah, we yes, talked about yes. that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, you know, I didn't think Batwoman had it in them to, to bring her or actually just had the permission overall from uh, Warner Brothers and DC to, to bring Harleen into, into this universe. But... Uh, even though I'm still a bit skeptical, I think this, uh, with the way the season has been like heavy on the foreshadowing, I think the mention definitely, you know, will amount to something. Oh my god, that's so exciting! <laughs> that's a lot of pressure. Yeah, that's a lot of pressure. Yeah, it is. It's such a fan favorite character. I'm excited. I'm curious to see yeah. if they'll actually go there, and I'm super excited about that. Uh, I also mentioned while live tweeting that this whole thing with Poison Ivy being able to infect people in a way kind of reminded me of the Everybody Loves Ivy arc in the most recent Bat Batman comics. Uh, you know, I won't get into it in detail because uh, I'd also have to dig into Heroes in Crisis and Ivy's death and yada yada yada. But the, the gist of it is that a version of Ivy that is like deprived of her humanity almost, managed to control the entire population of Earth. Uh, so it's not exactly in the way that Mary has been infected, but I think it's the first time in the comics that I saw Ivy be able to control people to that degree. So mm -hmm. I, I think it was... A perfect moment for me to have read that comics because I literally yes. read them the day of the episode. So, uh, so they were hanging over my head when um, when I watched it. Other than that, I also caught the Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde reference and the Little Shop of Horrors one made by Alice. Um, and you know the episode being part, the episode title being part of a nursery rhyme is also something that I was aware of, and of course so was Alice because nursery rhymes are inherently creepy, and of course Alice would know them. Um, of course. <laughs> and Liliana also caught a wall of weird mention from Smallville, but since I didn't watch it, uh, I can chime in on that one. Yeah, I caught none of that. <laughs> <laughs> I caught Harley Quinn and I was like, I was pleased with myself. Uh, I caught that one and uh, the Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde one because that's a gothic classic. Mm -hmm. And of course, uh, Alice would know that. Ah. Our booktuber is here, everyone. <laughs> I know my classics. <laughs> I don't read them, but I know them. Our podcast listeners get all the treatment from... Other references. Yeah, Inish, I was thinking in reference of your, of what you said about the OG Poison Ivy infecting everyone. Um, because we know in Batwoman we're going to have um, someone cast as the actual Poison Ivy. And I was thinking how they're going to play that out now that Mary is Poison Ivy as well. Because she's going to have uh, the suit and everything. How they're going to intersect the two Poison Ivies in the future. You know, I I hadn't given it much thought until now. I mean, I have a theory about Ivy that we'll get to uh, later on. 
But I think that part of the reason behind um, saving Mary will go through finding Ivy. Because, um, you know, this is this literally just got my head because I didn't uh, have any notes on it. Uh, but I think Ryan asking Jada for help will go south eventually. So do we think it was an accidental infection? I thought it was... Um... It was intentional all this time. I yeah. think it might have been intentional, but I think in the end, Ivy will do the right thing. Maybe for herself, maybe for Montoya. Um, yeah, I think the team will, or rather, I think Ryan will have to resort to Ivy, since Ivy is a, a doctor anyway, um, and a scientist, to come up with a way to cure Mary from all of this. Uh, but I'm... You know, I'm mostly interested about how this is gonna affect Mary in the future once she's healed or whatever, because yeah. uh, Mary's such a pure being and she's gonna do some very regrettable things. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I'm I'm excited to see how that's gonna affect her moving forward. Even though we still have a lot to go until we get there, obviously, because uh, the mid-season finale, unfortunately, is coming up. And um, for sure, Mary won't be fixed before then. So, oh yeah, for so, sure. So yeah, we'll have to wait until like January to, to see how this story is going to unfold. Yeah, it's completely unpredictable. Um, I have no idea what to expect, but it's so much fun. Um, and I really don't want to say goodbye to Poison Ivy Mary just yet, so I'm fine with waiting until January. Yes. Mm -hmm. yes. And talking about Poison Ivy Mary, we have to mention her new suit because <laughs> yeah. that she looks so hot. Like she looks amazing. I'm just it's I'm insane. here for it. I mean, you guys know that we don't talk about stuff usually before the podcast, but when I saw that, I just had to like summon all of you and send it because how <laughs> could I not? I hadn't even watched the exactly. episode yet when you sent that. <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't mean to spoil you, but come on, Nicole. Come on. I know. <laughs> uh, it's what she deserves. Oh, as well. it truly really is. Yes. And I mean, I think deep down, all the actors want to play the villain because being the good guy all the time True. is no fun. Exactly. So, I mean, it's what she deserves. It's what we deserve. I'm just very I'm, true. <laughs> we all yeah. we're getting fed. Uh, but you know, Mary writes because Mary is never wrong. Is what I have to say. <laughs> so true. Okay, um, now, you know, I need to talk about Alice because she was on fire this episode. I was laughing so much <laughs> uh, from her forcing Renee to tell Ryan about Poison Ivy to all the teasing about Mary coming out and saying Please. she should date Poison <laughs> Ivy Mary. Like, hello, Alice, <laughs> what are you doing? What a I clown. mean, that's your stepsister. Not but the stepsister. I hadn't even clocked <laughs> that they were stepsisters. I was like, yes, like, bye, Alice. And then when I read your script, I was like, fuck, they're stepsisters. Yeah. <laughs> now it's ruined. Exactly. That was my first reaction. Like, yeah, they're making really clear, bye, Alice. But no. <laughs> That's a bit wrong. Uh, I have to say, though, that people shipped Callie and Brandon from the Fosters, and I think this is much more reasonable. Oh, wow. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's a bit more the range, of course, but I think it's much more reasonable since they didn't grow up together, didn't have, like, a moment, a single one where they lived under the same roof. So I'm, I'm not justifying it, but I'm not not justifying it. <laughs> Oh, God. I don't even want to say <laughs> I mean, anything. She was thirsting, but yeah. <laughs> she was us, basically. So yeah, problematic takes today, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Fran, you want to go first? Yeah. Uh, no, I was just going to say that for sure Alice is so fucking funny. She really is the fire <laughs> of the show. Um she's i don't want to say i had something written down but now that there's now that they that i have the stepsisters thing on my mind i don't want to say it <laughs> say it um, say it say it say it say it i 
do it. <laughs> Say it. I might or might not. I might or might not have written down uh, that like. When are they gonna make out? But I might not have written that. You can confirm it unless you hack into my you phone. Can't deny it. Uh, I can't deny or confirm, but that's what I might have been thinking at that point. But you will never know. <laughs> I mean, also, they, Mary they saying they she's not gay. Also, Mary saying she's not gay was sus as hell. Um, <laughs> yeah. I I I choose to ignore it, <laughs> the same way that I'm choosing to uh, assume that. We got by Alice confirmation this week. I'm also choosing to ignore that we got straight Mary confirmation. She's not gay, <laughs> but there's get... other there's other labels. She doesn't have exactly. to be gay. G A Y. There's other things she can be. Exactly. True. She didn't confirm she was gay, but she didn't deny anything else. So exactly bisexual Mary and bisexual <laughs> just Alice like me with my notes. <laughs> <laughs> They one and the same. You and I know she's my boo. <laughs> you know, I choose the... to accept that she's gay and Alice is gay and everyone's gay on the show. Yeah, I mean that lives yeah, in our heads rent free. So I think it's a, also, a very valid interpretation. <laughs> yeah, and still on Alice, I I really loved how she sided with Sophie instead of Ryan. Um, I thought that was such mm -hmm. a nice touch because she doesn't really owe Ryan much. Ryan has been kind of shitty towards her. And uh, Sophie has taken her under her wing, and it's made me think that uh, we find we found it kind of odd that Sophie was so uh, quick to open her house up to Alice. But now I'm thinking, mm -hmm. you know, could she be doing it sort of out of loyalty to Kate still? Because that could be cool, and also Alice siding with Sophie um, because of that as well. I don't know. I thought it was. I thought it was cool. It made me think. Um, I don't think she did it just to spite Ryan. I think it was more than that. Uh, the way she justified it and said Sophie had been such a nice roommate and she didn't want to lie to her. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I like uh, to think that it's more than just, haha, Ryan, I told her behind your back because I don't like you. I think it was more than that. And I really liked it. Yeah, I agree. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, I mean, I think Alice wanting to be involved should always be a red flag for everyone. And I don't know why they didn't uh, get that at first. But um, yeah, I think, you know, Alice had that underlying motive of wanting to pit Ryan and Sophie against each other because she's pulled the strings <laughs> to get what she wanted this whole episode. She was like a puppet master with the team. Um, but I think there was some sliver of truth in her, like being appreciated of Sophie as a roommate. Uh, because all things considered, mm -hmm, yeah. Sophie didn't treat her badly or anything. Uh, she has her boundaries, but she's being very, um, you know, very kind to let her into her house like that. Especially because when we knew, when we first knew Alice and Sophie, it was when Alice kidnapped Sophie and almost mm -hmm. killed her so uh, i think sophie's mm -hmm. being very charitable with alice uh but she still isn't fooling anyone and she had ulterior motives for sure but i also agree with you that sophie feels some kind of responsibility towards her because of her past with kate so i'll allow you that weekly kate mention <laughs> um, it's my job <laughs> it is yeah, that's what i'm here for the stand in Kate Kane stand. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, that's all I have to say about them too. Uh, yeah, speaking about that, I also had a note uh, saying Alice is kind of the voice of reason this season, which surprising. Uh, but I like that uh, she pointed out that out of everyone in the team, she was the one finding out about the change in Mary and not her roommates and not her besties. Mm -hmm. uh, and I thought that was interesting. And I think she also did try to protect Mary in her, her own twisted way uh, when she said every other villain ended up in Arkham and if she really wanted to that to happen to her. So it's interesting that, yeah, Alice always has her motives behind, but she's also kind of saying the truth and trying to protect them in some way i don't know what do you think about it um you know first off i think alice and mary are in their twisted sisters era <laughs> but uh, <laughs> i do love that 
Alice was the one to notice that something was amiss with Mary. Uh, because it further sh comes to show mm -hmm. the um, the divide in the bad team as of now. Everyone's off doing their own thing to the detriment of the actual team. So, um, to a degree, uh, this neglect has been like an ongoing theme since Mary's graduation when she, when they left her mm -hmm. alone at the end, and we all yeah, noticed that. Sure. Um, and since then, Alice has weirdly been the one to spend the most time with Mary. Uh, so I think it's only natural that she was the one to notice. Uh, also because she was kind of the only one to know what to look for since uh, Renee told her about it. Uh, but yeah. I think Alice, you know, desperately wanted to have Kate as her sidekick. And in some twisted way, she might actually believe she's helping Mary by turning her to the dark side. But, you know, at mm -hmm. the same time, yeah. <laughs> even though Alice is being a terrible influence over Mary, I stand by my statement from like a few weeks ago that I think she's also going to be the one to bring her down from her villain ways. Uh, I don't know. I think Alice is going to, or at least I hope, because, you know, Alice has disappointed us in the past, but I'm hoping that... In the future, she'll have a moment where she like recognizes that that isn't Mary and that Mary is doing things she can't come back from, and sort of like helps mm -hmm. to bring Mary back. Um, because I think it would be like a very, a very comforting next step in their relationship. And I mean, since we have to see them as sisters, uh, <laughs> I think it would be very nice. <laughs> <laughs> for their sisterly bond if we saw Alice fighting for Mary. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was seriously hoping that Mary and Alice would be a duo, but Batwoman usually plays with our expectations in surprising ways, so I'm just really glad that they're just giving us everything that we wanted. There's no doubt that this is the funnest thing that they could have done. They're two characters that play so well together. Mm -hmm. uh, there's so many layers to their relationship, so many layers to the kindest character on the show suddenly becoming a villain, and all the past uh, that we have with Alice, and just how much we can excuse from her because of her past. Um, but I also feel like Alice, although carrying the show's pacing and comedic timing and unpredictability on her back from the start, uh, is still... Also taking a backseat this season, I feel like. She had a lot of screen time in season two with the um, Sophia storyline. Mm -hmm. uh, and this does allow for more Sophie and Mary time, which had been lacking. But I can't decide if I'm fine with it or a little bit sad. Uh, so I'm just hoping we get at least one big Alice episode because I've been missing her. I feel like she's not... Uh, getting the spotlight this season and I get it but also I miss her yeah I agree with that uh, I'm thinking now that we have the duo of Poison Ivy, Mary and Alice we get to have a more centric storyline for the both of them maybe and not just Alice being there and teasing everyone which is always fun Yeah. but like you said it, she's just a comedic relief instead of having her troubles and everything like I fell in love with Alice in season two because we got to know her really deep and you know uh, what she was what she wanted in life and what her worries were and now we're not really getting that she's just being a sidekick to everyone um, so I'm hoping yeah we get some good villain time <laughs> with her and Mary this season hopefully the hallucination storyline uh, gets one full episode dedicated to it somehow yeah and we'll get more insight into that because we've only been given some hints and it's always been very short scenes in the background and never the main storyline of any episode so hopefully that will be it and i'm wondering if uh alice being so close to someone who's a villain again will start making her her delusions worse because yeah. um yeah, because she was in a safe environment until now and it kind of subsided. But now that she's going back to like being fully deranged, uh, I wonder if that's gonna have like a play in how 
it progresses kind of yeah because when she started saying the rhyme to mary i was just thinking mm. this is very season one alice again like being in her world <laughs> and talking in uh, rhymes and stuff like that and it was a bit yikes <laughs> this is fun but also we're regressing a bit with her mm -hmm. yeah maybe it's what needs to be done for the delusion storyline to finally get its resolution mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah yeah okay i also couldn't help but find parallels in this episode between sophie and renee Uh, because both of them are a part of the police force and they're both hated by their peers. Sophie with the crows, Rene with the detectives. And also both of them have a backstory with a superhero figure. And I think it would be really cool to explore that dynamic that's different. And, you know, enemies to lovers are always fun. Mm -hmm. I can't help it. Um, how do you feel about these parallels in their lives? And how did you feel about a possible love triangle? Uh, first off, I'm, I love how the show established a backstory between the two characters that we, the viewers, you know, didn't know already knew each other. Um, mm -hmm. So I was pleased by that. And I really liked that uh, they have, you know, like you mentioned, some very obvious parallels between their lives, their backgrounds. Um, mm -hmm. but as far as your second question goes, uh, we asked for gay drama and the writers didn't bother asking us how much, they just cracked, <laughs> cranked the dial up to a thousand and said good luck, Literally. uh, and for that reason alone, they'll be hearing from my lawyer, uh, but, um, no, I, I really... I didn't expect this, like, I don't know why it didn't cross my mind that this was an option with the way Me Sophie too. has, like, mm -hmm. slept with half of Gotham by now, uh, but... <laughs> <laughs> This is no slut shaming. Okay, let it. me just clarify that. We, we love, love it. it. She deserves it. it, you know. Um, but I don't know why I didn't see it coming. I'm quite stressed because I'm still very much Wildmore at heart, but I'm also here for a good time. So uh, I guess I'm, I'm going to enjoy this <laughs> as much as I can with my conflicted feelings on the matter. But exactly. yeah. <laughs> I'm just enjoying the ride. I know it's going to be okay. So this is just a fun development for Sophie, I think. It better be okay. And that is a threat. Okay. I'm just <laughs> making that clear. <laughs> Writers, if any of you are hearing, it is a threat. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if this is a bad thing to say, but I always love a little bit of sexiness on the shows that I watch. Um, and like I said, I think in the very first episode of this podcast, it had been missing in season two. We got a little bit of it with that second long scene of Sophie making out with a bunch of different girls. Um, mm -hmm. So I'm always excited when there's a makeout scene. Um, always <laughs> excited when they touch on those kinds of things a little bit more. So yeah, I was like, yeah, when that happened, I was like, wow. Exactly. <laughs> uh, it was, I agree with Denise, it was totally unexpected. Uh, I think they were both feeling kind of down and horny, which honestly, fair. Um, <laughs> like I said, I thought it was hot and fun and I'd love to see more. Um, but I hadn't thought of those parallels, Anna. I think that adds even more to their dynamic. For me, it was just like a sex yeah. thing. But now I'm seeing that there's potential for actual emotional connection and that's cool. Um, but I have to say, love triangles always kind of bore me. Um, I don't think Renee is going to mm. be serious competition for Ryan, honestly, especially oh, no. once Ben comes back. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was just a fun, surprising fling, sexy, which I love to see. Um, but Batwoman likes going the opposite direction to what I expect. So I don't know, maybe they'll become a serious relationship. <laughs> honestly, who Oof. knows at this point? Uh, but yeah, I don't think so. But it was fun. I loved yeah. it. Um, I don't think they'll become serious either. I think it's just fun for now. But you never know. Yeah. I didn't consider <laughs> it. Uh, yeah, I, I agree with the both of you. But I have to go back to something you said, Fran. And, you know, I have to say, I don't think it's wrong to want that in these type of shows. Because we're so used to, like, other type of couples getting that representation on screen that mm -hmm. I don't think it's bad at all that we wanted from Batwoman. Yeah. I think it's very natural actually because um I mean 
We mentioned in season one that we liked how the show treated Kate Kane like every other male uh, lead in terms of like romantic relationships. Yeah. So exactly. in sexual uh, appeal, yeah. Exactly. So I'm actually very excited for Batwoman to go this route again with Sophie because, like we said, we are non-judgmental of that whatsoever we're here for her mm -hmm. and uh i think it's very important actually to be seeing that on screen as far as representation goes because i think it's like even though i'm kind of bothered by the love triangle aspect of it all um it's undeniable that this show basically treats us like other shows treat their heterosexual cisgender characters yeah and i really appreciate that it's not even just about female sexuality it's about queer female sexuality and exactly in season one we had a lot of that and that really pulled me in because i hadn't seen it before uh in superhero shows usually it's shows that are very targeted to queer audiences and that that they're all about queer storylines but in a superhero show the storyline is you beat the villain that's it Mm -hmm. And I thought it was so cool in season one how that was still a thing, you know, and there's Alice and all of that. But then also there was this character who happened to be a lesbian and she had a sexual life and that was really cool. And I love to see that. And I feel like they kind of lost that with time a little bit. Uh, they became more mm -hmm. concerned with other things and that's fair. But every time that there's a makeout scene, and I think I've been consistent with this for all of this podcast, I get really excited. <laughs> you <think? laughs> I'm sorry. As you should. I just, I like it. That, that's that's what it is <laughs> <laughs> and i think that a lot of it has to do with gatekeeping in a way because we know that um comic book related content is usually targeted towards a very specific type of audience so true. uh and that has worked against some shows like to the detriment of some shows because uh writers weren't able to like figure out that the the audience they were going for wasn't the audience the audience that was actually watching the show um and i think batwoman has set from the beginning what type of show this is supposed to be and who they are catering for so mm -hmm. i'm very glad that they didn't just set that promise but they are also actively uh keeping that promise i also liked it a bit in season two if i'm being honest so i'm very glad we are tapping back into this in season three with uh sophie especially i'm very much looking forward to when we finally get to romantic wildmore yes i was just thinking that. i think that's One gonna day. <laughs> that's gonna slap so hard but uh, yes. of course we are gonna have to wait for it and we're gonna have to go this whole hiatus just high and dry from it and i you know it's starting it's a it's a hard life we are living but anyway <laughs> i i guess uh, montoya and sofu will serve as a consolation prize for now yeah <laughs> when i say consolation prize it's not like like i see it as scraps because i do see poten potential there especially after this week's episode because i feel like we finally got to see montoya like really see mm -hmm. her Uh, when she's been like very yeah, exactly. much a side character until now and Victoria was spitting in this episode I mean I love the intensity of her scene with Ryan uh, when mm -hmm. she was like talking about how um, basically how she failed Ivy and right. how she can't let Mary run amok in the streets of Gotham doing whatever she feels like and mm -hmm. it's very clear that she's very Uh, emotionally invested in this whole thing with Ivy uh, and how she, you know, feels both kind of scared but also very guilty about not having done enough for her in the past. So I really loved her performance and I love that we got to see more of Renee. So I feel like the Renee Montoya I had been waiting for finally came out and showed out in this episode. And I know that we've talked a lot about Poison Ivy Mary, but the fact that they've made a member of the Bat team Poison Ivy makes for even more involvement for Renee Montoya because oh, yeah. if they had just been chasing the OG Poison Ivy, like she would be a force that they would have to go against because she would try to protect her and whatnot. Uh, but now she's even more involved because Mary is Poison Ivy. And I just love the way that Batwoman always gives 
supposed side characters, so much development, and they become so entangled with the main storyline. And again, it just works so well. All Everything about this Mary storyline is just hitting the mark through and through. And I like that it connects uh, the bad team really with Renee because of her backstory with Ivy. Exactly. Uh, because I love that scene um, in the garden, like in the, in the final battle thing, uh, where Ivy says, um, you didn't go the extra mile yet. Uh, I know you can still go back. I don't remember the, the actual sentence, but it's like, I know what it's like when you go to the point of no return because I've been there with the OG Ivy. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. So she was trying to protect her from not going there. And that was really emotional. Uh, that line really hit me because, yeah, you can see she suffered a lot and she still feels really guilty about it. Yeah. Uh, and I have to go back because I forgot to mention this, but we've been talking about how Ryan uh, has been a little oblivious to Sophie's feelings. So as far as the whole love triangle thing goes, uh, I hope that seeing Renee and Sophie will be sort of a wake-up call to, to Ryan, honestly. I, <laughs> yes. I want some jealousy out yes, of that. I, love I, want, jealousy. I want her to be like, wait, why am I so bothered by this? Mm, I'm gonna love that. <laughs> mm -hmm. yes. I want it, Good I need shit. it. I mean, and I think we'll always be biased towards Renee. Um, You know, not just because we love the character and we're waiting for her to, like, get really her moment to shine. And we got it this episode, but also because uh, Victoria followed us on our Twitter yeah. page. So, <laughs> you know, Cute. we don't know if you're, if you're listening to this, but uh, if you are just, you know, I hope you know that we are very much impressed by... Um, by this week's performance and yes. we want to see a lot more of it in the future so we hope you're here to stick around yeah. for a while it's safe to say we all <laughs> yes. freaked out a little bit when she's when we saw that notification so oh for sure we're very happy <laughs> just a little bit <laughs> uh now i want to focus a little bit on luke because he's always a bit left behind like we talked about uh, mm -hmm. but i have to mention i loved him saying I'm not ready to wear the suit, but I'm not ready to lose Mary either. I screamed a little bit. Yeah. And it's so nice someone put Mary first. And even though I know Dr. Mary would disapprove of Luke going to the field without being 100%, it was a very cute scene and I really enjoyed it. I actually think that this was a really good Hamill Fox episode. An angsty one. Oh, I agree. But so many lines were actually so powerful. The one that you mentioned, also just their interaction when Mary was torturing Luke, which hurt to see, but it, mm -hmm. it worked so well. And what they talked about in the way that he hadn't been listening to her and the way that he, he instantly said, like, her anger is real and we need to... Yeah. Um, we need to see that and we need to respect that and we need to work on ourselves too um, mm -hmm. I just thought Luke was really great in this episode for Mary and obviously the I need no, a Mary line I need the Mary <laughs> that broke me uh, I think they have so much potential to be such a good intense ship of uh, with, a, with a connection that's going to take them for seasons and seasons and seasons mm -hmm. I really see it I hope we get it. We've had a little bit this season, more than we've ever had. And this episode quenched my thirst a little bit because <laughs> we had uh, like a couple of really dry episodes in terms of Hamill Fox. And although this one was angsty, I feel like there was a lot of content there for us Hamill Fox for fans. Sure. <laughs> mm -hmm. I agree. Uh, I think that Luke, just like Ryan, is ripping what he sowed as far as Mary goes. Like, you could tell Mary is still hurt by Luke turning on her when she brought up his PTSD with Ryan. And I think that was very evident in the scene that she was torturing him. Um, so mm -hmm. I think it's a little bit funny that Ryan and Luke are both in the doghouse when it comes to their love interests. Uh, mm -hmm. So yeah, <laughs> I think it's time for them to actually, you know put some work to get into getting the girl instead of just they have taking a lot of the, up to yeah them. instead of just taking the people in their lives for granted 
Um, so I think what you were saying about Renee and Sophie might be the case as well for Mary being poison ivy. I think it's going to open Luke's eyes to how much oh, he cares yes. about her. Mm -hmm. He's going to be like, oh my God, why is this affecting me so much in a way that's not just friendship? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think that might be the segue into finally giving them the romantic uh, storyline that's been building up a little bit this season. I love I know I love angst, so I'm all for this. And also Mary's gonna look drop dead oh, gorgeous. Yeah. <laughs> More so than usual. She always looks drop dead gorgeous, but I think Luke might have a little like uh aha <laughs> yeah. moment. He's gonna <laughs> Let's take bets. Who's gonna thirst harder? Luke oh. or us? Oh, I thought you were gonna say yeah. Luke or Alice. <laughs> I was expecting to. I was gonna say but Alice. Luke, I mean, Alice, Alice or I was us. Gonna say Alice between her and Luke. <laughs> Love triangle between Luke, Mary, no. and Alice. Now that yay or nay, I say yay. Yay. <laughs> yay. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think it's. I think they definitely have a lot to make up for, and I think it's time that um, Luke especially shows Mary a bit more appreciation. And I mean, it's not like Ryan doesn't have her own um, apologizing to do to Mary, but I think Luke especially hurt her a lot. Uh, so I'm excited. Yeah, because they were closer. Yeah. yeah, for sure. <laughs> they were closer and there's romantic feelings involved. So obviously, I think it's going to be more important for them to reconnect than uh, the same for Ryan. Uh, but I want to add that although we were kind of predicting that the bad team was going to be strained from how little and badly they had been communicating with each other since the start of the season, I think them choosing to tangle, pun intended, uh, that arc with the Poison Ivy arc works so well. And I know that I've been praising that storyline so much throughout this episode, but it just feels super satisfying. <laughs> it's great. It's emotional. It's fun. It's just really good writing. I mean, how not to praise it? Because, you know, I'm used to watching another CW show <laughs> that I want to mention right now, but <laughs> I'm so used to like being disappointed by CW shows. And Batwoman is always such such a refresher in comparison. So, how not to praise these writers? Okay, you know? is there anything um, else you want to talk about? Uh, I have just one more note. I'm sorry. <laughs> I know we are talking a lot in this. Episode, <laughs> yes, but, but I mean, it um, is a podcast, going... so <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's that. It's what it's for. <laughs> All the rambles. We finally found the format to let us just ramble on forever. Um, I want to touch upon Sophie's um, scenes in this episode. I just made a quick note that it was hard for me to believe that she wouldn't come to the conclusion that uh, Marcus was also criminally insane. Like the um, like Tommy Elliot after Virgil tells her that black love is like group therapy for mm -hmm. rich people with psych psychopathic children. Um, I mean, she knows that the Jets are involved with black love. Um, he told her that the that black love is basically about rich people with problematic uh, children that are uh, kind of trading <laughs> info and tips on how to mm -hmm. deal with them. And she did see Marcus uh, slash Professor Pig, right? She was yeah, in that she scene. was. Um, so he kind of gave her everything, but she was still asking Ryan, I guess, for the whole truth. And Ryan should tell her that, but... Uh, I think she's going to come to the conclusion that Marcus is dangerous on by herself. I don't think there's uh, too far a path to go for her to get there. And uh, it would be kind of our character, out of character for Sophie not to just add two and two together because Virgil gave her home almost mm -hmm. everything. She still seemed unsatisfied with what he gave her, but he gave her yeah. everything. Mm -hmm. I don't see how she couldn't uh, get to the conclusion that that Jada did that to And she's to used Jordan. to I don't know. solving and dealing with people like that in the crows. So I also think it would be out of character if she doesn't figure mm -hmm. it out. I think uh, she will. In the next episode, at yeah. least. So if she does, and uh, then Ryan, then she'll know that Ryan didn't tell her. And, I'm still yeah, kind of know. hoping that Ryan will actually come clean next episode. Because, I mean, she can't lose everyone, you know? Um, so, you know, there's a, yeah. a little teensy bitty part of me that's holding on to hope that Ryan will do the right thing and reach out to the people in her life, 
you know, as far as things to mention go, I also have to talk about how yeah. um, I think that Ivy has got to be in the Batcave, like most likely under or inside the tree stump that we keep seeing. Uh, because, you know, what better way ah. for Bruce to keep an eye on her than to have her right there? Oh, Plus, I think it would tie nicely into Alice randomly that's mentioning cool. the tree, um, growing in the cave in, like, the second episode of the season or something. Yeah, so, and yeah. Yeah, and they do show the mm -hmm. tree a lot now that you mention it. Oh, my God. <laughs> So I'm excited I for that. I think like that's that. gonna be a thing in the upcoming episodes. And I find it funny that the thing they are looking for is literally right yeah. under their noses Smart. the whole time. So thank you everyone for joining us. And of course to everyone who supports us every week and, and helps us out in our little project. We're really thankful for you. Uh, don't forget to continue the conversation with us on our social media. We love to talk with you guys. And hope you have a great week. And see you all at our next appointments. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye.